1: to try and train your pet uh, whether it's a dog or cat and um, that's what we're talking about today because pet training is important for the safety of your pets and uh, we're very excited today here on Big Blend Radio we have a Dr. Gary Weitzman joining Nancy and I and uh, Dr. Gary I'm going to call him Dr. Gary now uh, is a pet expert he's an animal welfare advocate a veterinarian and also the president and CEO of the San Diego Humane Society, and he's joining us to talk about his latest two books through the National Geographic Kids. Uh, they're called Fetch, a How to Speak Dog Training Guide, and Pounds, a How to Speak Cat Training Guide. Uh, both books are awesome for families, especially if you just you know, rescued a dog or a cat or brought one home, uh, but at any time to jump in there and start training either one of them. And of course, this is all part of his eight books. He's published on pet care through National Geographic, and you probably have heard him on the National Public Radio Program called The Animal House. So welcome, Dr. Weitzman. How are you doing?
2: I'm great, Lisa. Nice to talk to you and Nancy. <laughs>
1: Yay. Thank you. About it's my favorite to have subject, animals. Yeah, I know, animals. <laughs> and uh, we love the work that you do over at the San Diego Humane Society. We love all Humane Societies. Uh, Very, very important. And um, I know that right now is a busy time because COVID, everybody is turning to let's bring a pet home. Uh, So we have some company and it's also time that, you know, with people working from home, homeschooling, they actually have more time to take care of pets, don't you think?
2: Yep. It's actually, it's amazing. It's a, it's a really, it's a phenomenon what's happening now. I mean, COVID is, is horrible, but the silver lining we keep talking about in animal welfare is that none of us have animals in our shelters for long periods anymore all across the united states they're um they're going as fast as we get them in which is something i've dreamed about we we all have but it's actually happening because people really need the company of an animal i get it i i couldn't really survive this without my dog right now
1: yeah well we can't survive our full-time travels without our Mm -hmm. little pet sitting segments because they keep keep us
3: happy right nancy (laughs) yeah and you know, just thinking people are beginning to think about when covid goes away um they will continue to work at home, so getting yeah, a pet is a good thing, so
2: right, you know the other side of this has been our worry in animal welfare. That all the animals are getting placed now because people are looking for dogs and cats for companionship. The shelters don't have the animal inventory that we normally have. Like here at San Diego Humane, we, we take care of uh, about 50,000 animals a year and we normally would have about 3,000, uh, something like that, maybe 2,500 to 3,000 animals at all of our campuses. We've only got about 750 and half of those are mm-hmm. in foster. So they're going so fast that we don't have to worry about them, you know, in the shelter being here for long term, we can, it, it's just fantastic. So the worry really has, has changed to what happens when COVID is under control mm-hmm. and everybody goes back to work. But I think you're absolutely right. I don't think we're all going back to work the way we used to. And no. I really don't think that if people have this much time to spend with their animals, they I hope will value them the way we think they should be valued and who would right. give them up then. So I I hope yeah. the concern about you know, relinquishments post COVID I, I don't think those are going to happen, but that might just be wishful thinking but
4: mm. but
2: hopefully it won't be. Hopefully people will really truly hold on to their pets. I mean I can't mm. even imagine uh, not but circumstances happen, but um, I think we're going to see a real real uh, shift in how people um, you know, work from home and how mm-hmm. they actually interact with their pets. So you may have, <laughs> once we can travel, you may have more pet sitting gigs.
1: Cool, cool. because we want them. <laughs> yeah. We've got, got a lot we of work like to them. do because we travel crazy and then where downtime is, and there's a balance that is created by hanging out with animals that get you away from the computer because a dog will keep you fit um you know cats will keep you in line but i think you know i I do want to touch on the training because not only because of your books but i think when people are bringing these animals home because of covid now suddenly it's like bringing home a new baby uh uh-oh our life is going to be completely different you know we've got our habits our rituals of you know how we do things in life and that's changed already because of covid suddenly we're at home longer and You know, now we can have coffee in our jammies and and, uh, wear a decent shirt for Zoom. But now you're bringing home (laughs) animals. And so part of what I think happens, and please correct me because you're you're the expert on this, is when someone brings an animal home, whether it's a a pet shop, and I hope those are really going away because I'd hate to see that go up. Um, Mm -hmm. But, you know, if they've rescued them or, or purchased them from a legit breeder, not a puppy mill, when they bring them home, if they don't train them and train them in a humane way and the animals start going potty somewhere or chewing on furniture, then next thing you know, here comes anger, there's resentment, it's not a happy family, and then they come back to you. Is that kind of what right. happens without
2: training? Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. You, you, you hit it right on mm-hmm. the head. One of the biggest reasons that animals will get relinquished to a to a, an animal shelter is you know not having a well behaved animal. So behavior issues, obviously medical issues too, because that can be so expensive. But really, it's um, people's lives changing and the animal not being uh, sometimes. Uh, i don 't want to say convenient, but the animal not being able to be cared for easily, and I think that we people need that so here 's the best way to do it get listen if you've got kids at home and they 're not going into school and they need content along with their curriculum at school, these are great. The Tools—they're—they're they're a living laboratory. So the books are actually focused on helping all of us train animals with positive reinforcement only. So mm. you know, never punishment. Um, sometimes negative reinforcement—that's a whole other story um, and a whole probably other show. Negative reinforcement can just be like take away a cookie if some if your dog's not behaving, um, something like that. That doesn't necessarily. Well, that might be punishment if you're a dog, actually. Mm-hmm. But really the the whole key is never to use punishment on, on any animal because it just backfires. But I think, you know, you're right. Well behaved animals are one, they're easier to live with, and two, training them increases the bond between the trainer and the animal. So it's great if it's kids, but it, it's great if it's any of us.
3: Mm-hmm. Well, they, they, yeah, they love attention. Dogs yep. and cats so Don't they love we all? attention. Yeah. So, I mean, the, when you're training them, you're giving them attention, and I think they like to be trained. Well, yes, okay, what about do. cats? Cats, come on. I mean, totally. Even in your book, you say cats.
1: That whole, <laughs> cats it's like funny. a myth that cats can't be trained, because I do feel like you – it's like you're – I know this is a family house that we're, you know, pet-sitting and taking care of the home. We've got two – we've got a boxer, we've got a Pyrenees <laughs> Mountain Dog, and two sister cats that kind of get along, kind of on and off. But um, yeah, and you wouldn't believe they're sisters, but they are links. We <laughs> got links and, and Ms. Ms. Pickles, pickles, which I call princess. But there's like a training going on. I almost feel like princess is training the dogs. And once in a while, the dogs do get her back, but not badly. Nothing. <laughs> it's all in fun. But I feel like yes, cats could be training the humans, but you're saying we can train cats actually.
2: Oh, yeah definitely absolutely mm-hmm. can train cats Cats are very good uh, very very good to train uh, but the thing about cats is first of all, the attention span <laughs> on dog, adult dogs and cats maybe you got ten minutes you know twice a day but not consecutive. maybe you got ten minutes for dogs and for cats you probably but for cats, the ten minutes are when the cat says they are for dogs, yeah. they can be any time <laughs> for cats they tell you when they 're really to be trained, but then they're very trainable. And as a matter of fact, clicker training that you know, all of us in the animal mm-hmm. world know about, and clickers are great little 79 cent devices you can pick up at any pet store, and they just click uh, a, a, a command that you then reward. Um, but cats are really great at clicker training, so yeah. no, you can definitely train cats. And you know, I forgot to tell you, here's something else to me, the importance of training. Okay, it's it's really great to have well trained dogs and cats, but to me the real value in training is giving otherwise bored animals enrichment and something to do because they're not watching television, they're not listening to Big Blend Radio. Maybe they are, Mm -hmm. but um, you know, they really they need enrichment in their day. So that's another reason that training is such a good thing to do with dogs and cats.
1: Mm, I like that. You know, and what about laser? You know the one cat, we, we, Cusco, has a little laser toy, you know, to go and chase after and everything. Yeah. She loved that. And can you incorporate Uh-oh. toys like that into part of the training?
2: You, d- you can. Now, the laser pointer is you just have to be careful of two things. One, don't shine it into your cat's eyes or any, anybody's eyes. And so assuming okay. that you don't do that, they love playing with it, but always let them get rewarded by capturing the light so make sure you've got something to throw down there for them as a reward otherwise oh. you're going to make an insane cat because they're just oh. going to be playing with the laser and they're never going to get any get anything out of grabbing the light cuz it really doesn't exist <laughs> so just make sure you reward reward the hunt that's that's the key with cats oh cool oh
1: they they want to kill and they want to disembowel no. yeah <laughs> nice. oh they
2: do and they want to bring the head back to show you
4: yeah yeah <laughs> but
1: <I get> <laughs> Yes, but, and it's interesting with cats, you know, but also um, I know one thing you talk about is the potty thing, okay? So um, from what we have experienced, we've had numerous animals over the years, from horses to chickens, dogs, all rescues. Um, when Goat. we've seen animals um, if, with their potty habits, if they are um, a lot, majority of the time, it's like if you're in, you know, someone's home, they're, they're upset. That's kind of what we've seen a lot: is that there's an upset animal. If they're maybe mm-hmm. maybe haven't cleaned the litter box, oh, they're stress. going to go on the outside. Yeah, there's some kind of stress yeah. going on. Yeah, yeah. I'll talk nearly a little bit about always, that.
2: Well, yeah. With cats, um, litter box accidents are nearly a hundred percent due to stress,
4: hmm. and
2: uh, you know always. You know, get a urine sample checked by your vet just to be sure. But I'll tell you frankly, many, many, many cats can have bladder, you know, infections or bladder issues and not miss the litter box. But very few cats that are stressed, you will use the litter box regularly. So that's the most important thing: stress and anxiety in cats. Um, that that almost always causes inappropriate urination. And the thing to look for, look at, is how many cats do you have in the house. Because really, there is a limit to what cats can tolerate. They're social animals, but they don't like to have big, to be in big groups. And that's why you see um, in uh, feral cat colonies, they are well-spaced. So if you have a home with five or six cats in it, that's a lot of cats for the cats. And then mm. even a cat outside, if you have indoor cats, that cat outside being visible to your indoor cat, can really stress your indoor cat because there's no way for her to protect the territory and they are territorial. And there's no way for that cat to interact with the outdoor cat. same thing with birds. If they see a bird, that can be fantastic enrichment, but it can also be very frustrating because they can never kill the bird. So stress will almost always Mm -hmm. cause urinary problems. And it, it can always cause, I should say, to be really accurate. It can always cause urinary problems with the cat. And then with dogs, you know, it's so relatively, uh, you know, there's always a the little guys that, that are a little more refractory to house training, but they can all be housebroken and house trained, and um, a crate is your best friend to do that.
1: Oh, mm. a crate. So tell us a little bit about that because the crating thing, Nancy and I are always like in this weird thing about we don't want to put them in a cage. You know what I mean? Yes. So, and I know yeah, a lot of pedophiles will yeah. do that. They'll put their dog in a crate while when they go to bed. Um, you know, or they're sleeping with the dog in the bed. You know, so there's all these different things. But with the crate, um, I, is it, it is the crate the friend or like here's your cage? Like a I like a. I look at it as punishment, but maybe I should change my yeah, attitude.
2: Yeah, because you're, you're not a dog, but um, yeah. <laughs> if the crate is done properly, it's definitely a friend. It can be your dog's second best friend. Um, they, oh. they can love crates. You have to make it a comfortable place, big enough for them to get up and turn around and stretch out and sleep, put the toys in there, uh, treats in there, make sure there's water, all those things. I mean, my, my dog now, I've only got one because I lost my big shepherd. I a little oh. while ago, and we're mm-hmm. looking for another one, but I've got my one thirteen year old now and when she was a puppy, we would just say, "Betty, get in your box, and she would just go walking over into her box, hop right in I mean she'd almost close the door. It gives them a real sense of security, so if you have it in a comfortable okay. place and it's really their little home, they can love it ideally I, I think we, don't, we, we shouldn't need crates eventually. If you have a dog that you don't have to worry about getting into trouble while you're not watching him or her, then you don't need a crate. And most of us get to that point where our dogs live on the sofa, not in a crate. But, yeah. but there's occasional ones where, where you still need a crate just for their safety and your house's safety. But it's always nice to just have a dog you trust that can, that can do very well in the living room without anybody monitoring the dog. That that's or on their dog bed. That's that's the best you can you can hope for. And it happens most of the time.
1: Oh I you know what on the side of the crate, um and same even for cats and horses, you know, you in California I know going through so many wildfires and we've been through them when we yeah. lived in the mountains and suddenly, you know, people forgot that do they have a crate? Do they have a way to uh put their cats in the cat box, you know? And oh right the horses. Right. And there's this whole paranoia that happens, which adds this huge other stress on an evacuation plan. And you've, you've got to think things happen in life, whether it's hurricanes, if you're on the East Coast, you know, could be anything or like, hey, we need to, you know, there's whatever. I mean, right now the world is weird. Right. So I think oh, you're right about absolutely. that, was getting them to be your friends so you don't have a additional drama for the animal.
2: Yeah, so if you're talking about like a cat carrier, the best thing you can do Mm -hmm. for your cat, and not even thinking about wildfires necessarily, but just normal life, is to take that carrier out, open up the door, and let your cat just explore it for a month. Put treats Mm -hmm. in there eventually, let your cat go in, you know, just take it very slowly. Don't ever make that carrier something brand new when you need it, because when you need it,
4: if you have an emergency,
2: Mm or you're trying to get to the vet to do vaccines or whatever, you don't want to be doing it that day. You want your cat to not panic. And, you know, we're really big into fear-free treatment of animals now at vet hospitals, in the shelter. I think mm. we have um, so many people in our shelter here that are fear-free certified. We don't want cats to ever panic by any situation because that doesn't help anybody. But get them used to the crate. Make it a make it a welcoming, fun place that doesn't have any uh, – Exhibit any threat to to the cat, that's going to be your best friend. And you're right. Now that we're in in um, wildfire season and hurricane season, you should have an emergency plan for your animals, and definitely have a crate for your cat, a little extra kitty litter, a small piece uh, a small cardboard um, lid so that can be a litter box. Everything that so that you can leave your house quickly. Yeah.
1: And that's where training comes in, too, because then it's just part of, hey, we're just going to go for a little walk or we're just going to go for a little mm-hmm. ride in the car. So it becomes yeah. a natural thing instead of a drama thing, because that's when stuff happens. And you know, all yeah. animals retaliate if they feel they're boxed in, right? If they're, you know, cornered or, you know. They get that, that's get Yeah, they get scared. Yes. Fear fear is yeah. not. Fear afraid.
2: free. Fear free is the yeah, key. I, yep.
1: Everything we do this.
2: should be fear free.
1: Yeah. Hmm that is that is really cool so now you talk about the youth getting involved i mean this is a family book right and i love that you know the families can do it together or kids get out there with yep, their yep. with their animals
0: 92% of households that start the year with peloton are still active a year later 92% because of a bike not just bikes we also make treadmills and rowers oh let me guess for elite athletes only right? Nope. It doesn't matter if you're an avid exerciser or new to working out. Peloton can help you achieve your fitness goals. 92% stick with it. So can you. Try Peloton bikes, tread or row, risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com home dash trial. 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. All because of a
3: fancy bike?
0: It's not just a bike. Peloton makes treadmills, too. Eh,
3: all treadmills are the same.
0: Our treadmills can adjust speed and incline automatically so you never break your stride whether you're squeezing in a power walk or training for a marathon peloton can help you achieve your fitness goals 92 percent stick with it so can you try the peloton tread risk-free with the 30-day home trial new members only not available in remote locations see additional terms at onepeloton.com home-trial
1: because one of the things you see is here's a, a, a young child gets a new puppy or there's puppies or kittens or whatever and they don't mean to hurt the animals, but they do just the way they pick them up and things. So the the training helps teach the kids (laughs) how to handle the animals in that way so that it's not harmful
2: you know it's it's magic it really it really is to, to have a ki- to have a child learn how to train a pet with um you know, parents supervising at at some point they don't need to cuz these books are really they're National Geographic Kids but I think anybody can use them um the it's really, it's, a, it's an amazing, amazing magical thing because they're learning how to be empathic and compassionate. They're learning how to teach, which is really, that's not easy. Most of us aren't teachers and they're learning how to do that. And they're having this incredible benefit of this stronger bond with themselves and their pet. I, I think it's a really fantastic thing for, for families to do. And, Teaching, I mean, these books are really, they were fun, but they were really hard to write. And I've got two great mm-hmm. uh, co writers, um, Aubrey Andrus on Fetch and Tracy West on Pounce. And they're educators and wonderful writers and just terrific animal people. And both women, honestly, um, they're just, they're magic at, at putting teaching plans together like this. So I've never seen until now five steps to teach nearly anything you want to teach. And they start when, with, you know, the beginning, you know, lessons and then intermediate training and then advanced training. So everything from how to, you know, um, basically sit and stay in all the usuals to how do you ring a bell on the doorknob when you want your owners to let you out. So and there's other things too. Wow. And it's not really about That's tricks cool. and all that because I don't think we want to teach our animals tricks. But what we do want to do is to have bonding time with them. So mm-hmm. the more you can actually teach them and and show them how to do, the more boredom you're getting rid of because you know our our animals really don't have the stimulus, the stimuli that that we'd like them to have even in the best situations. I always worry how my dogs are feeling about you know going through the whole day even though they're with me. I mean I can't spend all the time on the floor with them. I have a job. But um, yeah.
4: <laughs> you just
2: want to fill their time, you know, in a in a worthwhile enriched way and that's that's where training comes in. That's that's really where mm. the magic is. And to get kids started with it, best thing in the world.
1: Well I love that you say about the dogs, you say how a dog how a dog learns. And we do a lot of shows on youth education. It's a huge part of it and the core is how to teach children how to study and how to learn and especially now with this virtual we work with super also in um in, in san diego up in oceanside um they teach students how to study and for them to understand are they visual are they audio are, how are they taking in information and once they understand how they take in information they're able to really put a study plan and really study and mm-hmm. be more effective and i think what's interesting about you teaching youth how dogs learn you're getting them to think about oh how do i learn how am i studying yep. so i feel like yep. there's a an extra benefit in there for kids to learn
3: how to learn well mm-hmm. i think too when they mm-hmm. when they train a pet and they they ask the, the pet to do something the pet does it there's a feeling of confidence like mm-hmm. yeah. i i yeah. made something happen in a nice way you know mm-hmm. yeah. i made i actually yeah. asked you know, and I think that that builds confidence for a child
2: yeah, there's definitely reward in in here for both uh animal and human <laughs> on in mm-hmm. in that training protocol no no mm-hmm. question
1: yes, so now okay, so you can you can train both, you can get all ages involved in this, especially with parents, right okay, so you say no punishment, so the one thing is you talk about rewards. So what are some of the best rewards we can give our pets? Because I also look at there's treats. I mean, we've learned over the years now that a lot of the animal food wasn't so good for our animals. Um, So what would you recommend for treats? I mean, for for cats, should we go fishing for them or take them fishing. Or... <laughs> they would <laughs> yeah, love that. What, what...
4: <laughs>
2: yeah, <laughs> they would. Yeah, you could, you could. You can go fishing at, at, uh, at pet stores for them if you want. <laughs> so food is um, obviously the, one of the best motivator for cats and dogs. Dogs definitely are food motivated, but cats are too, and it's, you have to find the right food and you have to find the right time. So if the cats aren't food motivated right now, that's because they're cats, but they may well be at um, 4.30 this afternoon. So then you'll know their routine and know when the best time is to, to start training them but for the for cats, you know little pounce treats and and salmon treats and those kinds of things can be really terrific, but just make sure that it's special, so you only give those treats during a training session, so they're they're the big reward and for dogs, you know dogs can be way more uh i guess parochial <laughs> about what mm. they'll eat. So you could probably have a wider scope of things, but I, I love string cheese and hot dogs and mm. just make sure you cut it up into small little small pieces because mm. you don't need to feed a lot. You just need to mark every success with a treat, so you don't want to overdo it either. But don't worry about going uh, low-carb. Don't worry about going, quote-unquote, healthy, because you're just using small amounts, but frequently. And just save them. Save those things for when you're training. But you can definitely motivate cats. Um, but I loved your first, you're, the first part of your question, what's the best thing for an animal? I think our attention is the best thing. But that's mm-hmm. not necessarily going to be able that, – that, that might not actually be what gets them to – to perform a, a trick, so to speak, yeah. Um, it you know it, it just being with us is going to be the good thing for them. Sometimes it is. Sometimes, and you know, eventually, when you have a clicker, you don't have to treat as much. You really mm-hmm. the click itself is so associated with treat that with a treat that that in itself can be the marker to the the success of a of a of a behavior. But um, I always like to carry treats with me for 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 my dogs.
1: Mm. What do you think of dog parks? And taking a dog into a dog park. Oh, there's a really good question.
2: (laughs) Yeah, lots of (laughs) questions. I'm not the biggest fan in the world of dog parks, but let me say that. Let me qualify that. I love the idea. I don't love the idea for every dog. So if your dog does well in a dog park, doesn't mind the um, you know, the, the Saturday night cocktail party, which is the, the effect that, like, it's more like a frat party. <laughs> that, that, like for us, if your dog can do okay in that and really enjoys it and is interactive and tail wagging, okay, that's great. That's great. And as long as there's no quote-unquote bullies in the dog park, mm. then it can be great. It really can. And it's a safe place because it's fenced in and it's legally appropriate because we don't want dogs running off leash. But it's not for every dog, and I know my my um, my little pit mix. She would she would call uh, dog protective services, which would be really calling my office if I brought her to a dog park because she'd be so upset about being there. Mm. It's not for her, mm. so it can be overwhelming. I think that's the real caution of dog parks. It can really be overwhelming for a lot of dogs. But if okay. your dog is doing great there and you enjoy it, great, yeah, great. Okay.
1: Yeah, I just I was always wondering about that as pet sitters. Like, I go like I'd be scared to take a dog that I don't know into oh, a yeah. setting yeah. like that, or you know, and it's the same yeah. as taking your dogs for a walk. You know, we're very much like oh, people are like oh, you can take them off the leash, and I'm like, heck no, like, uh-uh. no, you know, no, we're going no. to take things calm <laughs> no. and and easy because, and I think taking your dog for a walk is one of the coolest experiences you can have for both parties. Yep. Um, it is getting outside. It really is, you know.
2: Mm-hmm. yeah absolutely Help. and you could take your cat for a walk too so we did talk about in the book um about how yeah. to train your cat to use a harness and to go outside and i think we've all seen like one cat in our lifetimes that, that has done this but yeah it's a fantastic thing if you can do it and train and you can you can train your cat to be in a harness and be safely with you on a walk you just have to have patience and give it a few months to teach your cat how to do it but but they can do it not every cat wants to do that but some but many do and boy is it is it it's amazing to see that. It's it's wonderful to see that. And you can safely have your cat explore and you don't have to worry about predators and cars and all those and coyotes out here. It's a it's a yeah. really great thing to do if you can do it.
3: Yeah, it's just catch the catch. Out. yeah, they yeah. want out but but they don't want a harness. So if they knew the harness would be the ticket to them getting out more, they'd probably be yippee. But when you first yes. put a harness on, they're all like, "What are you doing?"
2: <laughs> oh yeah, you don't go outside with the harness on the first
4: time. <laughs> Definitely yeah. not.
3: Yeah, cause yeah. They make, yeah, if you don't get it on right, they can get out. Uh, okay. with Absolutely. catnip. Absolutely.
4: <laughs> yeah,
2: oh, catnip can be your friend. Really, that could be another another <laughs> reward for performing well. But you can't expect them to really be that um, focused on you after you if you do too much cat, catnip. So I would save that till the end.
1: Okay, mm. yeah, yeah, because, well, you know, and I think that, like, here, where we are, we're on a big piece of property, so all the animals are fine, and and if we go outside with the dogs, the cats go for a walk. They're into it, man. It's like, here's our little, they're like little hunters, you know? So it's, yeah. they, yes. want they, they want out. They want out for sure. So.
2: And they are little hunters. Everything they do, every game, every play, every, every training for them is about the hunt. It's mm. it, everything that they enjoy is about hunting. And, you know, our cats are really, as much as we love and take care of them and they're incredible animals, uh, and we want to keep them safe. We god, you know, keeping them in the house is not the same thing is letting them be cats and be outside and hunt and yeah. stalk and pounce, all those things. And that's, that's the, really the heartbreaking part. But, but we can't. It's just, it's just a reality. It's not safe out there for them. So we, we encourage everyone to keep their cats inside. And, every, and we all know everyone can't do that. It's, it's not always mm-hmm. up to us. It can be up to your cat. So, mm-hmm. But it scares me. I, I, don't like, I don't like them being outside at all. I really don't. But well, I know they're happier out there.
1: Yeah,
3: yeah. Especially that's if you're in a, an area with like heavy traffic. Yeah. yeah. Oh
4: absolutely. And coyotes.
3: Oh yeah. yeah. And yep. coyotes. And and bobcats. Yep. Mm-hmm. We we saw
4: bob we went cat. on a
1: morning walk. <laughs> this was years ago and we lived in, in Arizona and we're taking our morning walk and I don't know why this person did this, but they put their cat uh-huh. on a leash and, and tied it up so it was outside the front door but couldn't go anywhere. Like you know, people dogs are tied outside and on a leash. And a bobcat that's... came and just took it. Like that's oh, it. No. There went the cat. And I wanted yeah. to go in oh, and no. yell at the homeowner. And you, you, what do you do? You know, call. I'll call you next time. You know. It's yeah. Like, what? 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 You know, don't leash your cats outside. That's cruel, man. That they can't. They can't defend themselves from bobcats. Well, I've and never heard of anybody
2: doing that, but that's yeah. Mean, that neither. would be a terrible thing.
1: That yeah, that's really a bait. Bizarre. That's that's <laughs> baiting a bait. the
2: coyote with your I mean, own that cat. That's meant, well,
1: yeah. And just didn 't understand that yeah. this is why we appreciate your books because you're you're really teaching coexistence is really what I think it goes down to is you know training and everybody getting together is about being thoughtful about each other, and that's coexistence, and that's what needs to happen for. The entire planet of animals. <laughs> we have to be it mm-hmm. and help them, including you know, us. So yeah,
2: things. absolutely, yeah. absolutely. You're absolutely right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Well,
1: thank you so much for joining us, everyone. Again, Dr. Gary Weitzman. Uh, go get his books. They're all through National Geographic Kids. Fetch, a how-to-speak dog training guide, and Pounce, a how-to-speak cat training guide. So check them both out there. Of course, Amazon, all those places, great places you can get. But also look at your independent bookstores. I always want to give them a shout-out, too. So thank you so much for joining us. We're going to play a song for you. Uh, This is Uncle Remus Tales, and it's from our good (laughs) friends at Tallman Group based out of Southern California as well. So here it is, Uncle Remus Tales. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you.
2: Oh, thank you both. Great talking to you.
1: You too. Take care. Take care and stay safe.
2: You too.
5: He come home from work. I was already in bed. Mama fix him a plate I'd stay awake Cause I knew once he was fed He'd climb downstairs, Open the door to my room With a pat on the head He'd sit on the edge And read me a story or two About Brother Bear I miss the cricket Old Brer Rabbit Love jumping in the thicket And brave king lion Saving sister cow They lived together in them woods somehow Every time Without fare Off into dreamland I'd fail. With daddy reading Them uncle Now that old storyteller He lived in a cabin in the south With a corncob pipe bouncing just right Stories flowed with the smoke from his mouth Daddy would read them Just the way they was written Them creatures came alive at my bedside. Sometimes scared me a bit. Like when Sister Fox met Swamp Gator. That gizzard eater nearly ate her. Don't be frightened now, Brother Frog. You'll be safe in that old hollow log every time. Without fail off into dreamland I tell with Daddy Reed, the Uncle we must
4: tell.
5: Home from work My boy's never asleep I fix me a plate Climb them stairs Into his room I will peek Him and his friends Are playing them Video games I shake my head Shut the door to myself, what a shame for poor Brother Bear and Mr. Cricket. Nobody cares. Rare rabbits in the thicket or brave King Lion saving Sister Cow. Wish my daddy would read me one now, like when Sister Fox met Swamp Gator, man that gives it eaters. Nearly eight And every time Without fear Off into dreamland I'd say With my daddy reading Them uncle Remus tales We'd both fall asleep To them
4: Uncle Remus
3: diamonds, silver, and gold. Oh, my. Find your love language at JCPenney's
0: Valentine's Day Jewelry Sale. Enjoy dazzling deals with your JCPenney credit card and coupon, like up to 70% off jewelry and up to 60% off Modern Bride rings. Plus, say yes, please to $25 diamonds and gemstones while they last. Happy Valentine's Day. JCPenney offers valid on select styles through 220, subject to credit approval. Yes, please. Jewelry
2: excluded from coupons. Other exclusions apply. See store or JCP.com for details.